Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. Whether you're tuning on to slpodcast.co.za, Apple Podcast, Spotify or Google Play, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Roberts. And of course, I am not alone. Mr. Kurt Backerfield, how are you, my friend? Good, good, Sean. How are you doing? I'm good, Kurti. You've been in the office for an hour and a half that you've told us already because you just want to show off. What a beautiful way to start the day. But in terms of showing off, shall we go straight to Man City versus Arsenal? Yeah. What, what a game. What a performance. Incredible game. I thought that Arsenal, I thought Arsenal were the better of the two sides in terms of the Come way on. they played. No, I, th- I think they were, Sean. I, f- I feel like City got better as the game got sort of, yes. not necessarily dirtier, but um, as the players got in each other's faces, as it got a little rougher, the challenges, I feel like that's when City sort of um, took the game away from Arsenal. Um, Arsenal created some nice opportunities and Ketia missing a few nice chances uh, with the head. Um, but no, City just on the day... Uh, managed to come out with three points. I think that that Haaland goal killed Arsenal, especially it coming from a mistake. I think it was yeah. Gabriel who, who gave the ball away. Yeah. Um. The 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 Brazilian centre back. Second. Uh, the second defensive mistake with the goals. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and that's what will happen. So it's it's blown the the Premier League title race now open, wide wide open. Um. Arsenal and City, of course, now tied on points. City at the top, but Arsenal with a game in hand. Um. But, you know, this is what um, champions are made of. I know it's an old cliche, but Arsenal haven't been in this position for a very long time. They haven't been in this position um, under Mikel Oteta. And it's now a question of whether they can go again because they had a very healthy lead. Um, and that lead now has has decreased quite significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and City know what this is all about. They've been in this position loads of times over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and if they go on a, a good run, um, an unbeaten run, who knows what can happen. So can Arsenal do it again? I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, it's going to be very, very difficult to sort of bounce back from this. I think they've got one point from a possible nine in the last three matches. Wow. Um, or possibly, yeah, I think so, right? One point out of a possible nine because they've played three games and they've only won or drawn one. Drawn one. They yeah. lost to Everton and they lost to City. Mm. So, yeah, it's very, very interesting. I think it's what we needed though for from a, from a viewer's perspective. I think it makes for a more entertaining spectacle. Yeah. But no, um, I think City still deserve three points but Arsenal, I, I feel like be kicking themselves. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing some extraordinary football at the moment. Let's not kid ourselves. Good to see De Bruyne back in the squad and scoring Grealish again. And Haaland, let's just touch on Haaland. And there's been so much about him in the news in terms of potentially wanting to leave City. Do you think it's all smoke and mirrors or do you think there's something there? Yeah, I think it's I think it's bullshit, um, yeah. to be honest with you. Uh, I know that he has that release clause that can be triggered in 2025, um, which means that he probably does have um, some idea of where he wants to go in, in future. I don't know if he'll be a long-term sort of striker option for City. Um, I think that's just naturally the way that his career will sort of play out, sort of like his Latin Ibrahimovic, where he'll try his hand in different leagues. I would assume Real Madrid are a potential destination for him in the future. Yeah. But um, no, look, for, for everything that's been said about the way he would fit into the City team, um, the struggles that he would have to be at, I think he's now got 32 goals this season, 26 yeah. league goals. 
um, yeah, he's he's been phenomenal, and um, I think it's probably what we all should have expected. Eh? Yeah, exactly. I think 32 goals in 30 games. Um, so that's ridiculous. A golden boot. Here we come. Let's move to PSG versus Bayern last night um, in the Champions League uh, on Tuesday night. Sorry, in the Champions League. Fair results, or are you a bit surprised with the one 0 to Bayern? No, I think Bayern were definitely the better side. Um, particularly in the first half, they really, really bossed the game. Mm. PSG couldn't get a kick of the ball. They couldn't get close to Bayern players. Um, and I think if you analyze that match in hindsight, Bayern will be disappointed to have only scored once. Mm-hmm. Um, because, of course, with a slender 1-0 lead, there's there's always that chance that PSG come back into it. So they couldn't start with Mbappe because he was injured. He even said after the game that he, he was rushed back for the game. But as soon as he was introduced in the second half, the, the game flipped and PSG suddenly had all these chances. So I think that will give them sort of a load of confidence going into the second leg, which will be at Bayern. Um, but it was a very disappointing performance from PSG. Neymar in particular was poor. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of infighting at PSG right now. Um, interestingly, after that game, Mbappe in his post-match um, interview said that you know they stand a chance in the second leg if everyone eats and sleeps well, um, which has been sort of thought of as a bit of a dig at Neymar, who recently has been accused by his neighbors in France of having too many parties, mm. being up you know, until the early hours of the morning. Just after the PSG Bayern game, Neymar was spotted at a casino or at a hotel in some sort of uh, poker tournament. So he's been criticized for the off-field shenanigans. Um, Mbappe doesn't seem to like it. And... Um, yeah, it's causing some some drama behind the scenes there. No, oh, it's, it's it's so frustrating. You see such talent to just <laughs> take it away, literally. Do you think? I mean, we, we've spoken about this at length, but PSG, obviously, a team full of world class players, but playing in not one of the best leagues in the world, and that's probably why they don't seem to progress. Is that, is, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I think that is a, a fair thing to say. I've always sort of had that view. Um, I've watched a lot of League One this season with Messi having gone to PSG and. I will say that the league is competitive, probably more competitive than than people think it is. Um, and you're seeing that now with PSG having, I think, lost consecutive games in League One to, mm-hmm. to Marseille and to Monaco. Um, they've they've dropped a lot of points recently. I think they've lost more games in 2023 than they did in all of last year. And it's we're, we're two months in or a month and a half in. Yeah. So they're having a difficult time. But yeah, I think on balance, it's probably a fair thing to say. The, the Champions League, the, the level is yeah. just um, so much higher. And I think PSG struggle to sort of adapt when they do go into those big European matches. Um, but look, it's also a team full of superstars. It's very difficult to gel a squad like that. Um, that has been their problem for many, many years. And I can't see it going away. You saying League One is more competitive than the PSL. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first here, guys. Uh, righty, Barcelona at home to Man United. Um, this was last night. And we were speaking offline now, uh, off air, Kurtz, about you know what Ten Hag has done in the last seven months is not short of a miracle. And you know, as a neutral, you know, United seven months ago to go to away to the new camp to Barcelona, you would never have even thought of a draw. But uh, here we are, and and they played very, very well. Yeah, a game that United should have won. Yeah, exactly. And and as a fan, I, I really mean it when I say that I, I 
don't I didn't care about the results because of yeah. how well we played. Yeah. Um I I expected a very difficult game because domestically Barcelona have been fantastic this season. Yes. I think they've conceded something like is it like seven goals or something like that? They so they've got a lead over Real Madrid, but I think they've conceded like seven goals or oh. definitely the least. I think it's between like seven and ten. Yeah. They've been very, very good. Of course they were disappointed to get knocked out of the Champions League and drop down to the Europa. Um, but they're playing some fantastic football and they should win La Liga this season. Yes. They already won the, the Spanish Super Cup a few months back now. So they're a team sort of on the up. Um, so for United to go to the Camp Nou and produce a performance like that, um, as a United fan, it's just it's just a joy to watch. And like I said, been so used to mediocrity that when you see um, the, the progress that's been made in such a short period of time mm. under Ten Hag, um, sort of all of his signings working, the football being so much better, someone like Marcus Rashford playing, I think, the best football that he's ever played. Yeah. Um, last night with his goal, he equaled his best ever uh, season goals tally. So he's now got 22 for the season already. Um, yeah, it's just fantastic to watch. And like I said, the result didn't matter to me. It was like just a joy to watch. I could sit on my couch and really, really enjoy my team sort of bossing Barcelona at the Camp Nou, which was just amazing. Which is incredible. And uh, let's touch on Marcus Rashford again in the news for a potential move in the summer. Is that again smoke and mirrors or do you think there's something there? No, look, I, there is concrete interest in him. Yeah. PSG have been interested in him for a while. His contract ends at the end of next season. Um, it was set to, to expire now this season, but United triggered the one-year option. Um, so he is in talks over a new deal and I'm, I'm sure that that is going to come with a very healthy pay rise. Mm -hmm. um, but no, PSG have been been after Rashford for a while. There was talk recently that in 2019 he might have been close to going to Barcelona. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been an interesting sort of career. He's young, he's 25 still, so he's got a, lo a lot to do still. Um, but. United fans have been frustrated with him for, for the longest time because we've always seen that potential, but there's been a real lack of consistency. Yeah. But then outside of, of United, outside of England, all these top managers and all these top clubs have been after Rashford, have been praising him, mm. talking about him like in the same sort of breath as Mbappe. Mm. Um, and that sort of always used to make us United fan, fans laugh. Like, well, you don't really, you, you, you obviously aren't watching this guy week in and week out because he can't play that well consistently. This season, he's obviously been phenomenal. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think he'll probably end up staying. I reckon he gets a nice big contract at United. Mm -hmm. Ten Hag has insisted from the very beginning that Rashford is very key to his plans. Yeah. And um, thinks that United can't get back to their best level without him. So yeah, very highly thought of. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, let, let's move on swiftly, Curtsy, and we'll start with Barcelona. Um, and I quote, unquote, Spanish prosecutors probe Barcelona's payment to former refereeing official. This cannot be good, Kurt. What is going on? <laughs> like this city drama, it's obviously quite uh, complicated. So I'll, yeah. I'll try and explain this in the simplest terms. So as part of the... Barcegate investigation. Barcegate was when the former president, um, Bartomeu, was found to have been paying off media companies um, to sort of say bad things about Barcelona players, like key Barcelona players, Messi, PK, former presidents. Um, he was trying to sort of 
give them a bad name yeah. um, and to sort of promote himself. And this was amid a, a very turbulent time for the club when a lot of fans wanted him out. So he was paying off these media companies. He was paying off journalists. Those journalists this week actually were named. Um, but in that investigation, um, it was found that that board under bottom, you had been paying a very high-ranking referee official. Mm. His surname is Negreira. And at the time, he was the vice president of the technical committee of referees at the Spanish Federation. Um, Barcelona have said in a statement, now let's just remember that Laporta is Barcelona's new president, or at least he came back in 2021. He has said in a statement, um, or the club have said in a statement, that Negreira would basically provide them with reports of players in the lower tiers, the, the, sorry, the, the lower tiers of Spanish football, um, and then also provide them with reports related to professional refereeing. He would essentially visit the club, do clinics with younger players. Um, I don't know if it was educational. I don't know if Barcelona were just seeking information, but Barcelona say that this has been common practice in football. Like most clubs do this apparently. Um, but then the former president who has been accused of making these payments, Bartemu, has come out to say that these payments date back as early as 2020, uh, sorry, 2003. Yeah. And that his board, when they took over in 2010, simply continued those payments until they needed to cut costs in 2018. Now, this is where it gets even more complicated because the board in 2003 was Laporta, who mm -hmm. at his time was serving in his first spell. So I don't think that there's allegations, like official allegations of match fixing, um, of bribing referees, but I do think that this is a question of ethics. Um, I, I do think to have a relationship with such a high-ranking official um, is, is probably not best for the sport. And, and that's what's going to be called into question. So I don't know if Barcelona will ever be prosecuted of cheating, mm. um, but I do think that they a lot of eyebrows have been raised with regards to what that relationship really is. Sure. It's, uh, it's, whatever that relationship is, it doesn't sound good. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And Negreira himself has said, yeah, I, he was on Barcelona's books. Mm. I, I even re read a report this morning that he attempted to blackmail the club in 2019 after those payments stopped, um, saying that he will sort of come forward with this information. So it feels to me like it's something that both parties weren't, weren't wanting to come out. They, they didn't want the information out there. Barcelona even said in their statement that it's a shame that this information has come out um, at the... At, during the, the club's sort of best period in a, a number of years in terms of the football and the field. Yeah. Which sort of says that um, it's not something they wanted out there. And the same with the the match official, or sorry, the, the referee official in question. We will watch this closely, Kurti, that is for sure. Let's stay with Barcelona for our final story of the podcast and let's chat about Lionel Messi. News has come out from his dad and agent, um, Georges Messi, that he will not be joining American side into Miami or Barcelona, in fact. What's the latest? Yeah, so there's been a lot of questions around Messi's future. His contract at PSG ends at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. I think that there was sort of this hope that he could return to Barcelona. He's obviously been linked with into Miami. He's been linked with uh, Saudi Arabian club Al-Hilal. Um, but his father, who is also his agent, of course, has come out to say that um, it's very, very unlikely that he goes back to Barcelona because 
he and uh, his son have not spoken to Laporta, the, the club's president. There's no offer on the table. Um, and for now, it seems like the only offer on the table is at PSG. Yeah. Um, so in all likeliness, in, in all likelihood, he will extend his, his contract in, in France by probably a further 12 months. Um, I, I don't know if it'll be a two-year deal, but um, yeah, um, I think people who wanted to see Messi go back to Barcelona, such as myself, yeah. can now um, sort of move on from that because it's very, very unlikely to happen. There was also talk of a potential 400 million euro a year deal in Saudi. Do you think that was a load of rubbish or was there a significant interest? interest? No, I think there is interest. Yeah. It's from Al Hilal and mm. they actually were the club that wanted to sign Ronaldo before he went to Al Nasser, mm -hmm. but they couldn't sign him because of a transfer ban. Um, so they, they're a, sort of in a big rivalry with Al Nasser, Al Hilal, and they saw Al Nasser's signing of Cristiano Ronaldo as a bit of a slap in the face. Yeah. It was like, well, we wanted him first. Um, yeah. So from what I've read, Al Hilal want to get one over Al Nasser by signing Lionel Messi. Yeah. Um, they want to bring, they sort of want to reunite those two players, have them in the same league again. They want to, promote Saudi Arabia because they are in the running for the 2030 World Cup. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of politics that goes into it, of course. But no, there is definitely concrete interest in Messi um, from from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, everything Saudi Arabia, like you said, they're in the running for the 2030 World Cup. Um, there's talk of a, a sort of cricket IPL as well in Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy what's happening that side of the world. Yeah, it's 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 you're going to be seeing more and more of, of Saudi Arabia over the, the years, I think they've been uh, given the, the the awarding of the the next FIFA Club World Cup. Yes. They'll be hosting that, right? Yes. Um, which is now like in tournament format. Um, I think it's like a bigger competition. I think you'll see like 30-odd teams from around the world competing now. So, no, they're going to have plenty opportunities to market themselves before it's decided who will eventually host the, the 2030 World Cup. Incredible times, Kurt. Uh, thank you so much for those who have been listening. And that is how we wrap up on the international news desk. So whether you've been listening on slpodcast.co.za, Google Play, Apple Podcast, or Spotify, thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Robertson. Of course, my good friend, Kurt the Dirt. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, Sean. Cheers, man.